My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this. Psalm 48 and 8, be taking my text, one verse of scripture for your consideration tonight. Remember, call to war Tuesday night, looking forward to a great time of prayer. Be here in the sanctuary, 7 p.m. on Tuesday. The Bible says, as we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever, Selah. So my text is very simply this. As we have heard, so have we seen. It's very important that the church pays close attention that if we're going to advertise, we need to back it up. We need to be able to be what we say we are. If we can't be Pentecostal, we need to take it off the sign. I said, if we can't live it, we need to take it off the sign. We ought to be Pentecostal in the house. We ought to be Pentecostal on the job. We ought to be who we are, anywhere we are, anytime we are. As we have heard, so have we seen. So we're going to preach to that and desire it. Because if we're going to promise people miracles and revival and Holy Ghost and fire, then we need to be able to experience and to have that every time we come to the house of the Lord. If they come on Monday and it's just Monday morning, but they want the Holy Ghost, we ought to be able to pray them through. If you meet them at Walmart and they need healing, you ought to be able to pray and believe God for a miracle at Walmart. If you're in an emergency room, God's in the, he's the God of the emergency room. He's God in the hospital. He's God here. He's God at the back. He's God anywhere. And so we need to operate in that kind of authority and faith. And we're going to in Jesus' name. So if you would, be so kind to lift your hands one more time, your voices, and you ask that the Lord would speak this word into our spirit. As we have heard, so have we seen. God, we want to be what we declare. We want to decree it, but we also want to see it. We want to promise it according to your word, but we want to give you enough space and liberty to operate and work to fulfill that word. We want your word to come to pass because if you honor your word, that is the greatest gift that you can give to your people is to honor your word. 
in our midst. God bless you. You may be seated. As we have heard, so have we seen. God's word has promised to keep us in safety by a greater power than our own. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according to the book of Ephesians. He has preserved us in the midst of appalling persecutions. He has sustained us in the midst of severe afflictions. He has kept us from all temptations. And he has delivered and promised and has indeed delivered us from evil. We heard about it and we've seen it. They told me that God would fill me with the Holy Ghost. And how many of you have the testimony that God did it just like you heard it? How many of you, when you got baptized in Jesus' name, you heard that if you would be baptized in Jesus' name, your sins would be washed away? How many of you saw it just like you heard it and you can declare that is my testimony? I've been forgiven. My sins have been washed away. I'm filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And his name is Jesus. And as we have heard, so have we seen. The Bible is more to us than all the siren songs of pop culture. Each one of us should nail our colors to the mast. And we will not take them down. We are apostolic. We are one God. We are holiness people, and we are not ashamed of who we are. No matter how much the media falsifies their information about who we are and twists what we are, we are still what the Bible says we are, and we walk in our identity in Christ Jesus, and we make no bones about it. We are not in bondage. Nobody's being forced to do anything, but we have a hunger and a desire to please the Lord and we follow his word. That is who we are. As we heard it, we have seen it. As we advertise it, so we can we deliver it. You want to be healed? Walk in here and have faith. You want to be delivered? Walk in here and have faith. You don't have to be a drug addict any longer. You don't have to be an alcoholic any longer. You don't have to suffer under your addiction any longer. I serve a God who can deliver what he has promised. Now, I know that you know this, but we live in a world of false advertisement. And this, what we're preaching tonight, is not false advertisement. Today's advertising, they've got what they call virtual technology. They can make you see images that are not true. They are just about one generation software upgrade to be able to produce a video that can put anybody in that video doing anything they want it to do and you cannot detect that it is a fake. We're one generation upgrade in software to that technology right now. 
Right now, they can do it and they can deceive the average person, but they cannot deceive the professional and the expert. One more upgrade, one more generation, and they're going to be able to do it, and you will not be able to. They'll be able to falsify evidence on anybody. And you would not be able to know the difference, and the professional will not be able to tell the difference. That's the kind of world we're living in right now. And they're all of the stars that you see on all of the magazines and in all of their deals, they're photoshopped. That's not how they really look. I know that your favorite movie star and your favorite this, and you just think, but in reality, they don't look that good. But welcome to the church of the living God. We're not photoshopped. It's real. I said it's real. It's not virtual. We're not trying to set the angle of the camera to make it look better than what it really is. Every promise, it's as good, it's as wonderful as anybody has ever testified. And I say that it's still just as good right now as it has ever been in the history of the church. Our greatest day of revival is about to happen now. And we need to rise up and say, I'm ready to be the church. What you hear is what you're going to see. Every promise in the book is mine. Every promise in the book is yours through Jesus Christ. And as we have heard, so have we seen. Now, young people, listen to me very carefully and to all of you on social media. Listen to me very carefully. This is very important that you understand that what you are at church better be what you are in social media. We got too many people living one way at church and then on social media, they're dressed a completely different way. And you become a laughing stock to the world when you try to tell them you're apostolic. When you're doing this on social media, so whatever you're doing, don't put it on social media. But don't, don't live two different lives. If you're going to be Pentecostal, then be Pentecostal. But quit lying about it and acting like it don't matter because it matters what you are on this platform and it matters what you are at that back door and it matters what you are in the foyer. It matters what you are anywhere you are. You got to be instant in season and out of season. Say, well, I don't feel like praying for people. Well, I may not feel like praying for them anyway, but they need a touch from God. And my feelings don't have anything to do with it. My authority has something to do with it. And because I'm living what I preach, I can speak with authority in the name of Jesus. And disease has to flee and fear has to go. And depression, I say, leave our people alone. 
Now, I don't know if you can censor it or not, but there has been a severe oppression on the world. There has been a spirit of fear and anxiety. It has been real. It's not been any fault of yours. It has been simply a fact of the existence of our culture and the, and the falsifying of information and not knowing who to trust and who to believe. Because everybody's got a different report and the conspiracy people are this and then there's those that are that and you don't know what to believe. So there's such a fear. But that fear did not come from God. And I want you not to give in to it, but to stand up against it and say, fear, I come against you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I need a church that will rise up and not be embarrassed about who you are and not be embarrassed about what you believe. We don't have to be ugly to anybody or hateful to anybody, but we are still a one God church. We still believe the new birth is Acts 2.38 and we still believe Deuteronomy 6.4 is the key to everything in our faith. We need a holiness church somebody that's not embarrassed or feels like you're in bondage or feel like I'm doing you wrong because I'm preaching against things that you don't or you want to do but can't do because I'm preaching against it. You ought to get up and shout and thank God you still got a preacher that'll preach against sin and that'll preach against the world and try to get the world out of your heart. And I want you to know that every promise in the book is yours through Jesus Christ. Perchance you've lived a Methuselah lifetime seven times. That would put you back to the time, the point when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and God provided for their redemption where he made humanity his first promise that the seed of the woman should bruise the head of the serpent. You would have heard the door shut on Noah in the ark you would have seen the first covenant rainbow. You would have heard God calling Abraham to become the father of many nations if you could have lived all of those lifetimes. You would listen and hear the prophetic utterances of David and those matchless psalms which are full of Messiah. You would have heard the eloquent notes of Isaiah's words when he spoke of Jesus and said that he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. You could have heard every prophecy and listened to every sacred song announcing the coming of Jesus Christ. When you did get a chance to see Jesus in action and you would have seen his life unfold, you would have seen him living and dying and rising and ascending and descending again at Pentecost. If you could witness the events of Jesus Christ in the entire church and its history, you would say, as we have heard, so have we seen. God has always kept his promise. As was the shadow, so has the substance. As the type so has its a fulfillment. As the word that flowed from prophetic lips, so was the Christ who in the fullness of time 
came into this world to bless and redeem mankind. This is not merely a great general truth, but mark you, it is true down to the cross of the T and the dot of the I. I don't expect everybody to speak and say everything correctly because we admit that we're all fallible. We make some allowance for human beings because there are slips of the tongue. But all through the thousands of years, God didn't go back and say, oh, I made a mistake and I didn't quite cover that detail or that point. God has never missed a single word that he has written in this text. There are no slips of the tongue. There are no drops or blot on the page. Everything has been accurately, minutely, precisely, and microscopically fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus fits every type, every prophecy of the word. If you, my goodness, try to construct a life like that, you couldn't do it in fiction. It could only happen if the hand of God had to declared it. You find me one person in history who fits the description of the lamb. You find me another person in history who fits the description of the scapegoat and who is the Passover and Noah's Ark and the Psalms of David and the prophecies of Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. If you look at all these texts and when they were written, one prophetic prophesying event after another and after examining every bit of it you would come to the conclusion as we have heard so have we seen Now quit looking at me like you're just, oh, we're going to be persecuted and we're going to have to suffer. The church has suffered for generations. Quit looking at me that when I ask you to stand up and clap your hands, you're just so suffering. I'm so tired and I'm so wore out. You don't even know what suffering is. That's not suffering because you got to sing one song in the church service. You need to start counting the cost and get more committed than that. Because you got a devil's hell and a devil's world out there that wants to take everything we've got and shut this church down and shut this preacher up. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. I'm tired of talking to people that feel like that they've been mistreated because they got to come to church three times a week. That's ridiculous. Like somebody's hurting you because we've got to have a revival up in here and we got to stir people up. Sit all these people down. I'm uncomfortable. I'm just getting tired. I'm just getting comfortable so I can go to sleep, Brother Kinsey, and then you wake me up screaming at me. I don't like that. Well, somebody needs to shake you to your teeth round. Poor little darling. You're suffering, I know. You got to pay your tithes and you're suffering. Every one of you that's not paying your tithes ought to get your billfold out and start paying tithes right now and say, I'm going to give and I'm going to give because it's the word of God. I wish somebody would get excited about this. 
And all you women that are cutting your hair and cutting off your glory, no wonder you don't have any dominion or power. No wonder you can't get over bitterness and uncomfortableness. No wonder you can't get over it because you're not living what the Bible says. And no wonder you can't pray and God hear you. No wonder you can't feel nothing when you come to church because you're living a lie and you're denying the truth. You know what this Bible says. You've been in church all your life. Don't you look at me like that, like I'm hurting your feelings. I hope you get your feelings hurt. You need to quit living a lie and start being who you are and quit playing church. We need victory in the house. We need to overcome the world. Now quit it. And quit petting people's feelings all the time. The biggest problem is not the people that are messing up. The biggest problem is that they're running to saints. And then the saints are petting them on. I'm so, oh, no, it's such a burden. I, I, I don't even do it because I really believe in it. I just do it because I know Brother Kenzie will get mad at me. That, come on. If we could get some Pentecostals to rise up and find out who they are, why they are, and start declaring it. And at least tell them to pray about it instead of petting that. Tell them to pray about it. At least do some, at least talk to God about it. Lord, have mercy. The door to the refuge is open. And I believe you can find safety in the time of storm. And you can overcome by the blood of the lamb. But you need to have a testimony that as we have heard, so have we seen. So that there's not one way in church and then another way. Amen. When you got saints telling other saints, well, what you need to do is just live it at church so you can be used and then do what you want to do when you leave the church. And if I find out you're saying that and I've confirmed that you're saying that, whatever you're doing, you're not going to be doing it next Sunday. I can guarantee you that. I can double your money back, guarantee you that. You won't be doing whatever you're doing because you need to sit down until you can start talking right because you don't have that authority in this church to tell somebody they can live one way at church and then live another way in this world. If we're going to be Pentecostal, As we have heard, so have we seen.
I need some aisle running. I need some Holy Ghost filled people that want to shake hell. You're not going to shake hell sitting there judging everybody. You're only going to shake hell by living what you believe. You got to live what you believe. There's a gap. You got to close the gap. Good thing about repentance is you can repent of anything and everything. There's no besetting sin that God cannot deliver you from. There's no problem that God cannot set you free from. You can start right now. You don't even have to go through a 40-day trial or fast for 40 days. You can trust in God. You can live for the Lord. God can raise you up right now. You can make the decision and say, I'm not going to do it again. I'm going to commit to living holy. I'm going to commit to the word of God. I believe divine virtue would start flowing out of you right now if you would just make a commitment and come out of that pew and say, I'm going to live for God and I'm not going to live in this world any longer. I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to find waters to swim in. Divine virtue would start flowing out of you and hurting people all around you would begin to be ministered to because as we have heard, so have we seen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything that God offers is in the marketplace and it's worth the purchase. It's worth the price. It's worth coming to church. If I got to come to church eight times a week. I mean, when we were in quarantine, I worked harder during quarantine than y'all ever had. Y'all was sitting up in your pajamas eating popcorn while I was having to sweat over those messages online. Because you got to be on point. I just finished a conference with Great Britain and, and Ireland. And I've been there several times in their conferences in person. But I'm telling you, they had the largest crowds online all over the world gathered. And I had to do, I had to get up early in order to fit their time schedule. And I said, listen, I can't sit in my pajamas like y'all are drinking your coffee and eating your popcorn. I had to get up and get dressed early this morning. And of course, they all laughed. They loved it. But we had a great time. Listen, there's a hunger. Our church is in trouble. We got churches in trouble because governments all over the world are exercising authority they've never been given by the people. The people didn't give them that kind of authority. But I'll tell you right now, the one world government is in full swing. And we better get right with God and quit playing church because you don't know when those doors are going to be shut and you won't be able to come in here. But I'll tell you, the God that's in this place is in your living room if you're living what we're preaching. The God, I said the God in this house is your God, the same God in your car. Jesus still cleansing the lepers, raising the dead. Jesus is still touching people. And God's given us the authority in the Holy Ghost to rise up and let the fire burn in our hearts again. There ought to be a fire burning in your heart. If you're going to worship, worship like you mean it. If you're going to worship, then worship like you believe it. 
like it's what God showed you to do. That as we have heard, so have we seen. Because that's important for the church. How many of you came to Jesus and you were weary and you were worn and sad, but you found a resting place and he made you glad? Woo! Has anybody found out that as you have heard, so have you seen? Then you need to come drink from the fountain. You need to come eat from the table. You need to come find out that mama cooking pretty good. I said, mama cooking pretty good. And come on and sit down at the table and feast. It's about Thanksgiving time. And it's about time it gets here. Because I want my pecan pie. There's no diet. There's nothing that's going to stop me from Krispy Kreme. (laughs) Nothing going to keep me from the pecan pie. And the pumpkin pie. And the the ham. And, And woo, hallelujah, somebody declare it tonight. Ain't nobody going to keep me from the table because the table is set. The food is set and I'm ready to eat. And I want to know, are there any apostolics that still believe that God is able, that God will do what he has promised, that what we've heard, so will we see. And I'm going to live it. Come on, ladies. I need some joyful ladies who are glad to be in the church who are glad to live the standard, who are glad to be a part of what we're a part of. Come on, church. Do I have any men that are glad to be in the church, that are glad to be in the house of God, that are glad to worship, that glad to lift your hands and even be made fools of by the world? Do I have some men in the house that'll fight with me. When the devil's fighting us, you'll stand up and say, this is what I believe. Do I have some young people in the house that says, this is not just what mama said. This isn't just what daddy said. This is what I believe. You'll get on a witness stand and tell a judge, I'm doing this because God told me to do it. I'm doing this because as I've heard, so have I seen. Woo! As I've heard, so shall I see. Because God will establish it. that hell can't shake upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it 
Hallelujah. If you want authority, you got to live what you believe. I think if you are comfortable enough with that, I want you to just get out in the aisle. You can come up here to the front, but I just want you to just step out of your comfort zone for a moment. And I want you to pray. You don't have to get near anybody or you can distance however you feel to do it. But I'm not here to mess with you over that. I'm just here to help you break out because I just feel so strongly that God has spoken to us the word of the Lord. I felt this so strongly this week, the service this morning, the service tonight of what I needed to do to unburden my heart. I want you to just trust in the Lord. I want you to believe that God will reveal himself to you. He will show you the value of what we're preaching and what we're teaching and what's been taught here. I'm not teaching anything Brother D.L. Welch didn't teach. 
Brother Paul Welch. Not teaching anything that they didn't teach. Not trying to add extra burdens on you. You've known about this all of your life. So let's start living it. Let's start being it. Let's start trusting in God. I want to hear a cry. I want to hear a cry go out. I want to hear a cry go out. This is what's going to produce revival right here. This is what's going to bring the glory of God in this house. So that as we've heard, so will we see. You are truth, God. You are truth. 
Hallelujah. Does anybody need a healing in their physical body here tonight? I want you to lift your hand right now. You need a physical healing in your body right now, all over this building, all over this building, all over this building. Now, if you're near and you're comfortable, reach out and lift and put your hand on their shoulder. If not, just reach your hand out toward them right now and speak with authority. You can do that as well. Either one, I want you to take authority over that sickness right now in the name of Jesus. Before we dismiss tonight, we're going to pray for Pastor and we're going to pray for Sister Kinsey. The word that went forth in this place was the word of the Lord. It is timely. It is exactly what we need. There is no doubt, I believe, in anybody's mind that this is what the Lord wanted to give to us tonight. But when this kind of word goes forth, the burden that pastor has had and felt all week to deliver this message is no small thing. Because when you deliver a word like this, the enemy is going to attack. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to bind together. And I know very close quarters, but Sister Kinsey's over here to my right. Pastor's right here in the center. If you can get to one side or the other or just stretch forth your hands where you are right now, let's pray a covering around them, that the Lord would be with them, that he would certainly encamp round about them and deliver them. That's it. Lift your voice, church, right now. Pray that hand of the Lord upon them in the name of the Lord Jesus.
us shout. Let us shout of praise come forth tonight. Let there be a shout of praise in this place. For the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. Let your praise go forth before the Lord. For his word is good. His word is good. His word is good. Bless the Lord, all ye people. Give the Lord a shout. Give him some praise. I know there's no music, but is there any praise tonight that can be given for the word of the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's it, church, let's bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for your word, thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, thank you, Lord, for a pastor, thank you for a pastor's wife who loves us, thank you, Lord, for the truth, thank you, Lord, for calling us into the kingdom for such a time as this. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.